everyone, it's Rabbi Hannah here with a special summer episode about what Yavna, our religious school, will look like this fall. Some parents may be thinking, oh no, another day of my kids staring at a screen. But we had a really good conversation. Myself, Rabbi Julie Gordon, who directs Yavna, she's our rabbi educator at Hilchavara, a couple Yavna teachers, and our all-new special education consultant. They've crafted this incredible structure. I think it's going to be a really good year. So parents won't be dropping their kids off at a physical location, but hopefully those kids will be really engaged online with their Jewish community. Here's our conversation. Okay, I'm so grateful for you guys being here to to do this episode. I think it's going to be really interesting. Before we really get into it, let's have you guys go around and introduce yourselves. Just say a word about like what your role is at Yavna and then also maybe in the rest of your life. Hi, I'm Rabbi Julie Gordon, and I have the great pleasure and mitzvah of being the uh, rabbi educator at Hill Chabara, responsible for Yavna, and it is, and this is what I do, and the rest of the time I'm with my family and um, offer blessings to everyone for good health. Thanks, Rabbi Julie. Sorry, you go next. Okay. Um, so I'm Sarah Kravitz, formerly Sarah Raff. Uh, this is going to be my fourth year with Yavna. Previously, I taught both pre-K and sixth grade, so the whole range of it. Um, I also have worked uh, with Rabbi Hannah uh, as, an instru- as the instructional coach and behavioral management vice secondhand person um, at Yavna. And this year, I have the honor of filling a special needs consultant role. So my job will primarily be with training teachers, talking with parents, um, and helping all of our students succeed as we traverse the virtual realm of learning. That's going to be so huge, especially this year. Donnie, why don't you go next? Hello, my name is uh, Donnie Satlow. This will be my second year at Yavne. I came down to DC following, um, following my time at university. Uh, where I was working in the uh, in the Jewish nonprofit world and kind of you know needed a side hustle in order to live in the uh, er- in the greater DC area. Awesome, and Shana. Hi, my name is Shana Madal. This is my third year teaching third grade at Yavna. Uh, when I'm not at Yavna, I'm on the communications team at Hillel International, which is based in DC and is the uh, largest Jewish organization serving college students. And I've really enjoyed my time at Yavna and I'm excited to continue teaching in this virtual setting. Awesome. You know, I should probably add here because I didn't say it before. I actually teach at Yavna too, for the record. (laughs) I teach the seventh grade class now and um, I love teaching virtually in the spring. I mean, you know, I was working with the oldest kids at Yavna, but gosh, they were super engaged. There were no behavioral issues to speak of. I did get pranked, but it was funny and not super disruptive. And um, so how about looking forward to the fall? Like, do any of you have like something that you already are like itching to do? Like, a, a, you know, is there a kernel of a lesson plan or something that y- you know you're excited to do this fall as you look ahead to the school year? Uh, I'm, I'm excited to figure out how to do this thing that I normally do. Uh, so for Sukkot, I think one of the, the biggest takeaways that my students have had is we usually make an edible sukkah in, in relation to how it would be constructed according to halakha. Um, I don't know. And remind people, what grade do you teach? Oh, I teach third grade. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we, you know, usually make it out of like graham crackers and frosting and then we put some scotch on top, with, which ends up being like these little like green candies and they really love that. And I'm, I'm hoping I can still have opportunities to incorporate these types of activities, even though they're going to be remote. Um, and, you know, maybe there will be an opportunity for them to even get more creative using what they have in their household as opposed to what I'm giving them. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking ahead and, and trying to figure out how we can still do activities that they'll take with them even after the year is over, uh, even though it may not look like it traditionally would. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, Donnie, how about you? So this has been kind of uh, fomenting up in my head at the moment. Um, fifth grade, just to remind me. Yeah, you, as, you know, with my fifth grade students, um, since we are all online, what I'm considering doing is working, and this is kind of going to be a spoiler for our, um, for our, our kind of get to know you activity. Um, I want, um, I want you know, the, the kids to send in pictures of themselves over the past few months. And we're going to go around and, and other people are going to try to construct a narrative around what they see happening in the picture. Um, and but what does this have to do with Judaism? Um, I want it to be kind of just as we relate to Torah in different ways, so too do we relate to each other's stories differently. Um, and kind of as we are in the midst of a pandemic and uncertainty, there are all types of ways to, you know, to tell the narrative of what is going on around us. Um, and, you know, and that is kind of the richness of kind of what, of what is happening today. That's beautiful. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Thanks, Donnie. That's awesome. So getting to like sort of a bigger picture, like Rabbi Julie, could you describe how Yavna will be structured this year just in terms of like length of classes, things like that? And like, how did you make those decisions? So our students, our younger students are going to have a 30 minute class. They're going to be up and moving. They're going to have a project to do with their hands. Uh, it's not going to be uh, sitting back and just watching a screen. Uh, they're going to be talking, uh, two students at a time will be talking to each other. Uh, and uh, then they're going to have a 10 minute break where they can chat. It'll be, the chat will be open, uh, uh, they will not be muted, it will be supervised, they'll have the opportunity to talk to each other because they miss each other. Uh, and clearly there will be a class covenant, a breach, so that uh, everybody understands how to be respectful to each other. Then they'll come back for a Hebrew class. And uh, again, for the younger students, it'll be 30 minutes. For the older students, it will be 40 minutes. Uh, and at the end of the day, they're going to have another opportunity. And this is something that Donnie's class really taught us. Uh, they're going to have an opportunity to chat again. And so the first chat will probably be over a snack. And the second one will be as a way to uh, say goodbye uh, until next week. Yeah, and how about the older students? The older students' classes will be 40 minutes with a snack break and then another 40 minutes of Hebrew. And Hebrew is taught in small groups uh, based on where kids are at. Uh, I've had fun so much. I've had a lot of fun this week uh, calling kids and doing an opportunity for a Hebrew check-in, not a test but an opportunity for them to read Hebrew, for us to connect, because I miss them. Uh, 
and then to put them in a group so that they'll be growing with people that are at their level. They won't be as frustrated. And I'm excited about that. That's brilliant. If folks register late in the game, can they still get a Hebrew check-in from you? Um, I'm doing the Hebrew check-in for the fifth and sixth graders. And I absolutely will make time for it because it is, it's really important to me. Yeah. So Shauna, a little bird tells me that you've, you and some, some other teachers from other grades as well, I believe, have something pretty cool planned for Hebrew this year for the younger set. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So the birds are correct. Um, we're going to be doing Hebrew through movement, uh, which is a curriculum to really get students up and moving and also increase their retention of Hebrew language. Um, so I'm very excited to be introducing these new words to students. And the idea is that whatever command I give, they'll do the action. Um, and eventually the goal is that maybe these students could then lead these commands for other students um, and then really get a grasp of the Hebrew language to use even outside of the classroom. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm really excited to do this more extensively than I have before. And I think it'll really be something that's, uh, that's going to get students up and moving and excited about Hebrew at a time when they're uh, fairly isolated and, and stuck indoors. That's amazing. I love it. What age groups is that for? Uh, so I'll just be doing it for third grade, but I believe our second grade teacher is also going to be doing Hebrew through movement. And I'm not sure if any other teachers are going to be doing it or no, third grade? just going to be second and third. Uh, but it's definitely something for second and third graders to look forward to as well as their parents. Awesome. Donnie, anything else on your mind that just, I mean, you've already spoken to some of it, but like unique things that are going to be happening this year that like maybe like only on zoom <laughs> yeah this stuff yeah i think including the students a little bit more and encouraging them to participate because given that they're in their own houses um, and in their own environment it's a wonderful opportunity for them to bring a little bit more of themselves and who they are into the classroom beautiful yeah so you all teach the older grades and I know a lot of folks are probably wondering, what is this going to look like for the youngest kids? So I want to take a break from this conversation, and I'm going to bring in a shorter one that I had with Amanda Gillardi, who's our pre-K teacher this year. So I teach pre-K, and it is my absolute favorite. I know I'm a little biased, but I think the three- and four-year-old age is the best. They're so excited to learn. They, this is their first real introduction to Judaism. So I feel like a very special honor has been placed upon me. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've talked to Rabbi Julie about it before, but I didn't start Hebrew in Sunday school until I was a lot older. So I had a little harder time connecting to the material and adjusting. I love that. So what are some of the things that you are most excited to do with your kids this year, especially given the limitations or the different circumstances? What are you getting excited about? I'm excited to really meet everyone. Every batch of kids is just so unique and so many different personalities. I know it's going to be a little harder now, but something that I really want to change from last year when we were kind of like thrust into this Zoom world is have the kids interact with each other more. Um, I feel like last year was a lot of just, you know, adjusting to, you know, being on camera and meet or in more Carrie talking at them. I want them to be able to like really interact with each other so we can 
be like we're actually at Yavna where they're all playing together and having a good time. I know the parents have to be there and that is something that I want to be able to not minimize. I do want parents input and their presence there, but Yavna is a really great, you know, time for just, you know, the kids to be together and it shouldn't have to be, you know, the parents waking up early every morning, muting and unmuting and sitting there. I don't want it to be a burden for the parents. What subjects are you most excited to, to teach? Well, last year, my favorite was Tubishbat when we like planted like the trees um, or the little seeds because a lot of the kids kept their pots. And at the end of the year, a couple like showed us like how big their plants have gotten. So I'd love to do something similar to that again. I don't know logistically how well it will work, but I would love to repeat that activity just because it's cool to see like the plants grow and how excited they are because like that's their plant. Yeah. Awesome. So if a Yavna pre-K family is listening or a Yavna pre-K family to be is listening, um, is there like a song that you could share that either they'll hear and be like, oh, that's so totally Yavna pre-K or that they could, you know, sing and practice before the school year begins? Um, Yes, I can send it out. I'm a a little performance shy, so I won't sing it right now, but we sing it at the end of class every time. Um, Shalom Haparim. Maura Curry started the trend, and by the end, everyone knew all the words. They were so excited to sing it. It's just like a nice way to kind of like tie the class together and us all come together at the end of class because people kind of trickle in in the mornings. We do have our morning circle, but this is something that we do really consistently. That's so sweet. All right, cool. I'm excited to, you know, hear how the first few classes go. And I'm just really looking forward to the school year beginning. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, so some backstory. Back in the day before I taught seventh grade at Yavna, when I was directing it, um, in the dark ages of Yavna, just kidding. Um, you know, it was a real dream to create a role for a special needs consultant, both for kids with special needs that are more obvious as soon as a teacher starts teaching them. And for students, you know, we have so many students with ADD and ADHD and other learning differences that like strongly affect their learning experience and the way they need to be taught to. But they don't necessarily get much, you know, special attention for it. Um, and so I wanted to hire Sara for that back then. We weren't ready as a program, and now we finally are. And honestly, it could not have come at a better time because, Sara, I'd love to hear you speak to this, but I just imagine that learning differences that are pronounced in person could be that much more complicated to deal with over Zoom. So like having your support is incredible. Could you tell us a little bit about your background in this area and just like some of the thinking you're doing about what you're gonna be watching for this year? Sure, Um, I'll just start by saying that covering my butt here, um, I don't have any degrees in education or teaching, but I do on the other hand have over a decade of experience of working in Hebrew schools, working in camps, um, working in synagogue programming. I, and I've had some really amazing mentors and train and teachers and supervisors along that path who have really helped me to um, hone my skills, so to speak, in terms of understanding special education and 
I have a lot of developmental psychology background working with students and developmental disabilities as well as other disabilities and special needs. Um, I've also worked many years at Ramah summer camps in their TICVA programs as well. They're, they're programs for special needs individuals and individuals with different disabilities. Awesome. So that's some of my background. But this year I'm really looking forward to kind of taking it a step farther into this new virtual realm um, and really working with, with parents and teachers to support our students in the best way possible. Of course, parents are going to be, be working a lot with their, ch- their child's general ed teachers um, and making sure that they're getting the supports that they need um, at school during the week. And I'm hoping that we can provide those same sorts of supports um, and more on Sundays at Theopna. That's going to be huge. So could you speak a little bit to, I mean, you know, from teaching at Yavna, the youngest and oldest kids at that time, and from working with kids across the spectrum um, two years ago as my sort of right-hand person, like what sort of thinking have you been doing about how to make virtual learning work for them? So what I've seen and what I've, I've read and experienced in the world today is that ADHD and other sorts of attention deficits and executive functioning deficits, um, along with other se- sensory processing difficulties are some of the most prolific, I guess you could say, maybe um, widespread uh, difficulties that students have in the classroom and in an educational environment. And it's interesting to think about virtual learning because with all of those students, there are those who will really succeed in a virtual setting where being able to sit and engage with a screen is much more comfortable for them and they might be even more successful um, in that virtual area. And then there are a lot of students who are going to be the exact opposite where being not being face-to-face and not having that that in-person attention and in-person interaction is going to be really difficult to keep them engaged and keep them focused online. So it's going to be a lot of work and some of the the tools that I'm really looking forward to using are some of the more interactive online elements in terms of not only videos and quizzes and chats and everything but also ways that we can have the teachers individually and one-on-one interact with our students as well. Yeah, I can see how that one-on-one interaction would be really important for, especially for some kids. Are there any sorts of learning differences where you're thinking like, this might just be too hard virtual learning this year, or do you feel like it could be made to work for nearly anyone? As much as I love that, I'd love to think that we can make it work for everyone. There are going to be students for whom it just doesn't work. And whether that's because there's too much commotion in the house on Sunday mornings or in general, or because they they can't sit and be attentive um, by themselves or they're distracted by the internet or the other students, whatever it is, it is my goal that we can get as many students involved and successful as possible. But I, I do worry that there are, there are gonna be students where the parents are just gonna have to, they're just gonna say, we, it can't, it's not working. And 
my goal is to to still be in touch and be in contact with those families and provide them with the resources to do to have Jewish education and Jewish conversations at home with their children and with their students as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of the ways that a parent can make virtual learning be easier for their child? And what are some of the ways a parent could maybe even inadvertently make it harder? I don't want to, um, to spoil too much, but uh, this coming week, we're hoping we're going to be having a, a parent meeting with myself and Rabbi Julie, not to spoil, but I have a few, a few good ideas for that. And one of those is to, to really create a learning space for your child as much as um, it helps adults to have an office space. Um, there's no reason why that that isn't the same for children uh, to create a an, an office, a learning space for your child where they know that th when they sit in this chair, when they sit at this desk, when they sit in this place, this is learning time um, is, is really unbelievably helpful. That makes sense. Yeah. And I just want to add to that. Uh, sorry, you said it beautifully. Uh, you know, I've talked to kids and I've seen kids where the dog is barking and um, older siblings are chatting and it's really hard for kids to focus. So as Sarah said beautifully, we all need our place. We all need our space. In Hebrew, we say makom kavua, a fixed place. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think it will really help our students. That makes sense. One question that comes up for me is, I mean, you know, my kid is very young. So obviously like if I'm putting him on a Zoom program, he's too young for Yavna even. If I put him on a Zoom program, like I've got to be there you know, very much present and like a part of the experience. At what point in a child's virtual learning does a parent's presence stop being helpful and start being distracting? Or does it depend on the kid or does it depend on the situation? I would really... Oh, go ahead, sorry. I would really say that, yeah, it, it depends on the kid. Every kid is different. There are some kids who will want their parents sitting with them or might need their parents sitting with them um, as old as fourth, fifth grade maybe. Um, whereas there are other, other independent, strong-willed students who might say to their parents, I, I don't need you already at first, or first grade or kindergarten. And it's really gonna, another thing that's really important when preparing students for, for school of any kind or, and especially now in this, virtual environment is to have open conversation with your child and say, what do you want me here with you? Is it helpful if I sit with you? Can, is it distracting if I sit with you? Teach them these kinds of communication skills and these kinds of tools of talk and talking about your own experience. Say something like, when I go to work in the morning, it's helpful if I sit here and I like it when I put this music on and it helps me focus. I like it to have the door closed so that I'm not distracted by the dog. And when you present these things to your student and your child, they can then see them in themselves and you can help them to learn what the best learning environment is for them, which when we're all being at home and we're all doing our jobs and our learning at home is gonna be even more important. Yeah. Cool, that makes sense. Are there any questions I didn't ask that I really should have? Um, something that just came to my mind, Rabbi Julie, I know you sent me this uh, 
curriculum that we may or may not be using where it was kind of like this interactive, um, you know, clicking on things that somehow relate to Jewish education. I can't remember the name of it. You sent it to me a few weeks ago. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's called I Spy. That's it. And uh, for example, there's a unit on mezuzah. And mm -hmm. so what they'll do is there'll be uh, a variety of Jewish ritual objects. The students will look at it and they'll um, figure out which one is the mezuzah. Uh, that's one activity. Another one is there'll be a variety of mezuzot and the, they put it together uh, into a puzzle. And part of it is for students to see the variety of mezuzot that exist. I do have the boxes, the batim, that I would like parents to pick up and design at home, or we hope we'll pivot in January and then we can do these special art projects together at Yavna. Yeah. So maybe we should close just by having you guys go around and just say, like, what are your goals for your students this year? Uh, I'm really hoping that my students will be able to find meeting even in a, a virtual setting. Uh, and I hope that given that uh, many students have been successful in learning online because there are less distractions, I hope that we'll be able to utilize that to really dive into some deeper learning and Jewish thoughts. And I hope that even, even though we don't have that same in-person feel, that they'll still be strengthening their Jewish education and, and enjoying the process of doing that. Thanks, Jonna. Donnie, you wanna go next? Well, I wanna answer the question a little bit more abstractly. There is a famous story about a Hasidic rabbi who saw the word halakha, right, Jewish law, and said, we should not read this word as halakha, adherence to Jewish law, but rather as halicha, right, a process. And I want, and I want to kind of, you know, in my teaching of Judaism, I want my kids to continue to develop and grow as, as Jews and thinkers and be able to apply what they've learned um, in, the, in the class to anything that they do um, outside and in the near in the future. I love that. Thanks, Donnie. Sara, how about you? My goal this year is really just to create an environment where as many of our students are successful and happy and engaged with Jewish education as possible, um, to to be in communication and training with the teachers and the parents um, to really to really help our students grow and to teach ourselves the extent of what is possible. Awesome, thanks. And Rabbi Julie, how about you? I want our students to know that we care about them and that we are a community and have responsibilities for each other and that kavod, respect toward each other and for themselves is really important. I want them to feel joy. I want them to see that they can create, that they can make videos, that uh, the younger children can uh, do a variety of crafts. Uh, for example, let's pull out their Legos and let's make a synagogue instead of just looking at a picture of a synagogue. Uh, and so I want them to use their hands, use their heart, uh, and grow together. Thank you all so much. I am honestly so, so grateful to, to work with all you guys. And I'm really excited for the kids in our community who I think are gonna, I think this year will be an experience for them in terms of their Jewish learning. Like 
it's not going to come again. It's going to be kind of a one of a kind thing in some harder ways and also in some really cool ways. So I'm really, really looking forward to this whole year to begin. And I'm so grateful for you all for being on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. So this past Shabbat's Torah portion was Shoftim, and that's a really famous one. It's the one with the line, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof. Justice, justice, you shall pursue. What a lot of people don't talk about are the lines immediately surrounding that one. And they emphasize the importance of fighting corruption in leadership, making sure that the folks who are in charge of our society, who are calling the shots, are chosen in a just way, no bribery, no corruption, and are functioning in a just way. So I think it's a really good reminder for us to think about what we can do to make this fall's election in our country as just, accessible, and inclusive as possible. Whether that's writing letters to get out the vote, volunteering at a polling place if that's safe for us. There's so much to be done. There's a lot of work to do. And this past Shabbat, our Parsha called us, I believe, directly to do it. The Hilchav Radcast is produced by the wonderful Jess Smith. We'll be back with another one next week, and we'll talk to you soon. Adonai